0: Oh, my God! They're dead! Who could have done such a heinous act? I bet it was that frog down by the swamp. I don't like that frog; he's got them shifty eyes. It was that convict iron jaw that raps scallion. I bet it was that strange, shadowy figure that likes to swing in the park on Thursday nights. I'll swaddle my stuffed panda he's he's possessed it could have been ricky's arm we haven't seen it since it got cut off i definitely know who the killer is blank is the killer merry christmas you filthy animals welcome to the holiday edition of blank is the killer the unoriginal horror movie podcast where i watch six new to me horror movies set around the holidays with a terrifying bonus topic at the end this episode is all about trying to find great wintry and bloody movies to recommend to all of you before the holidays are over i want to help guide you through what films are naughty and nice where naughty just means bad and nice means good i have a lot to pull out of my bag of movies this week so hop in the sleigh and prepare for some sleighing number one better watch out 2016 directed by chris peckover a 12 year old named luke has the hots for his 17 year old babysitter ashley in a pretty creepy way a guy breaks into the house who is revealed to be luke's friend garrett luke ties ashley to a chair and puts an elaborate plan in motion to kill her and her past and current boyfriends he also ends up killing garrett who has a change of heart way too late into the situation and tries to free ashley luke then stabs ashley in the neck and starts cleaning everything up to frame it as a murder suicide type deal which is thwarted when ashley is found alive the movie ends with luke saying they should go see ashley in the hospital luke the sociopath 12 year old is the killer this is not a christmas movie just because there is snow in one plastic santa does not mean it's a christmas movie before i go into full rant mode i'm going to talk about the very few things i liked in this movie i appreciate the genre twist that happens i think it's interesting that it goes from a home invasion movie to more of a strange kidnap thing it's unique even though the story is awful there is also a shot in this movie that i thought was really cool it's a shot where ashley who is tied to a chair is picked up after she falls over by garrett and the camera tracks her movement back into an upright position olivia delange does a pretty good job portraying ashley now that i've gone over the very few good things this movie is bad the movie starts off mirroring the babysitter a movie i covered in an earlier episode in both movies we have a boy who is definitely old enough to stay home alone but is babysat instead in the babysitter we get a wholesome friendship between the kid and babysitter that is torn apart due to a presented situation and better watch out we have a 12 year old boy trying to bang a 17 year old then going psycho and she doesn't reciprocate before going psycho the movie is framed in a way that we are supposed to handle the situation like it's lighthearted that this kid is creepily coming on to this girl I was a twelve year old boy once, and a crush on an older girl is completely normal, but this movie pushes so far away from a normal crush that it's unnerving given the ages. After being friend zoned, Little Psycho Kid starts kidnapping and murdering people. The weirdest thing about this is normally in these types of movies, the protagonist is the captured character. For example, in another movie I covered, The Loved Ones, you're rooting for the guy that has been captured to escape and for the horrible captors to meet their demise which in that film they definitely do i absolutely loved the loved ones in this movie it feels like you are supposed to be rooting for this little turd luke to get away with being an awful trash boy the whole time i was watching the movie i was wondering what creative gruesome death was planned for the little sadistic brat and his comeuppance never came even when it's revealed that ashley is alive meaning his whole plan failed we get another scene where luke tells his mom they should go to the hospital so he can obviously get another shot at killing ashley thus getting away with everything because it's a killing i as the viewer don't want him to win but it seems like the writer really wanted me to i even hear the original ending was a lot more bleak the motive for luke being a sociopath is also incredibly lame his mom was mean to him he also killed a hamster cliche much All of these deaths that would have any gore are off-screen. The movie talks about the logistics of the Home Alone paint can trap, so you know that one of the characters is going to be killed by a swinging paint can. When it happens, there is a terrible slow-motion effect, and right when the can would make contact with the victim's face, we get a shot of his feet where mustard and ketchup are poured onto the ground instead. It was seriously some of the worst-looking gore I have ever seen. In another scene garrett is trying to free ashley which i must say a garrett redemption arc where he turns the tides on luke and saves the day would have been a good direction to take the plot but why would we get anything good in this movie garrett is finally trying to free ashley gives her a strange out of place kiss then right before he can finish releasing her gets blasted with a shotgun by luke off screen i don't know what this movie wanted to be The movie doesn't work as torture porn since we don't really get any Gory torture. It doesn't work as your run of the mill serial killer film since we don't get to see any interesting deaths. It doesn't work as a comedy since a 12 year old boy tying up a 17 year old girl that wouldn't sleep with him and killing people isn't funny. And it doesn't work as a thriller since the movie never has any suspense. There is one scene where Ashley escapes and it should have been a tense scene, but Luke teleports to her location out of nowhere and hits her with the brick knocking her out there is literally no way he could have caught up to her but since when was the writer trying to make anything in this movie make sense or be interesting i know misogyny is basically a horse staple but come on at least in most movies you have the truly victorious final girl in this movie we just get to watch a young boy torturing a woman for no reason other than her rightfully not being interested in him i'd say give this a hard pass unless you want to watch something you can rage at that has no payoffs watch the babysitter if you want something funny with some incredible deaths or the loved ones if you want a torture porn thriller some closing notes garrett looks like beans from even stevens and patrick warburton is in this patrick warburton i still love you even though you were in this dumpster fire this movie is naughty number two rare exports a christmas tale 2010 directed by Jamari Hellander. I want to start off by saying this movie is fun and I recommend going in blind. If you'd like to see it without me spoiling any of the action, skip to 10 minutes and 56 seconds. Now, a quick countdown and I'll be back to it. 3, 2, 1. A research team has found something encased in ice in the middle of a mountain. A boy named Pieteri believes they have found the first Santa, who is actually a terrifying monster based on a book he has his dad rano ends up catching a strange old man in a spiked pit made to catch wolves the man is thought to be the original santa but is actually one of many murderous elves that serve him a ragtag group that includes pietary his dad and others finds the real santa still encased in ice they enact a plan that blows up this evil santa thus freeing the elves from his thrall the gang then makes the elves into four by santas that they ship all over the world the naked old man elves are the killers i had heard a lot of buzz about this movie prior to watching it but did not hear much about the actual plot i really appreciated how unique it is the idea of a bunch of what appear to be invincible naked old man elves going around doing santa's bidding from kidnapping naughty children to straight up murdering anyone that gets in the way is bananas everything in this movie looks great the only time any visual effects look iffy is during a scene where children are used as bait and hung from a helicopter other than that it looks great the movie is set at this beautiful frozen frontier in finland where all the characters have guns and get around on snowmobiles there isn't really any human gore prominently shown in the movie besides a bloodied elf and a man that gets bitten below the ear by said elf but the little bits of gore that are shown are done well and there is a scene that has a bunch of mauled reindeer that looks incredible there is also only one kill shown on screen where the man in charge of the dig team gets a pickaxe to the back of the head it's done very quickly and you don't see much something strange about the movie is the fact that there are no women shown there might actually be some women in a scene when they are waiting for the reindeer to march into a giant pen but if they were there they don't get any prominent screen time there are a ton of naked old guys though so many old wieners in this movie the elves steal a bunch of heat sources in order to thaw old santa when you see all the different things like ovens radiators and hair dryers around the big ice cube santa it doesn't look like anything is actually connected to electricity or gas i can suspend my disbelief when it comes to fairy tale characters but not having a power source for all those appliances is where i draw the line i would have liked to see monster santa in all of his glory we get to see pictures of what he could look like in a book pietere has and we also get to see santa's gnarly horns stick out of the ice but unfortunately the monster is blown up before he has time to thaw and wreak havoc the movie also has some horrifying dolls that the elves leave behind when they kidnap a kid a movie where those dolls are alive and hunting down people would be incredibly terrifying i enjoyed this movie it feels incredibly fresh it's not going to be a holiday tradition for me but it's a fun time and has that christmas feel give it a watch if you can handle a bunch of naked old guys a bunch this movie is nice number three home for the holidays 1972 directed by john Lulin moxie four sisters alex freddie joanna and chris go back home alex has asked her sisters to come to their childhood home because their father told her That his new wife elizabeth is poisoning him once there a killer wearing a raincoat starts picking off the sisters one by one in the end it is revealed that alex has killed her father and all of the sisters except chris who alex thought died but is actually still alive this leads to alex's arrest and foils her plans of framing elizabeth alex is the killer this movie was recommended by my mom it's a made for tv movie she saw when she was a kid she thought i might not like it since it isn't really graphically gory i do love gore but i don't believe it's a necessity for all horror movies i really enjoyed this one all of the characters have different quirks and the acting is hammy in a good way i swear the father has a hilarious reaction every time he is on screen the sound design in this movie is also incredibly fun Whenever someone says something dramatic during scenes with the storm in the background, you get some accompanying thunder. There's also a chase scene that overuses an orchestral crescendo over and over, which is really funny. There are three kills with only two shown on screen. The best kill is the first one, where Alex, sporting a raincoat, rubber gloves, and boots, stabs Joanna in the back with a pitchfork. The father and his new wife are both rumored to have killed their previous spouses. But everyone seems to be cool with that. If I thought someone I knew purposefully murdered someone, I think I'd go to the police. To be fair, Elizabeth talks about being arrested for the crime, which we are never 100% sure if she committed it or not. One of the best things about this movie is Alex's motive for killing. She kills everyone she can due to being sick of everyone needing her help and the feeling that she can't walk away from them while they are still alive because their helpless faces would follow her i feel like the helpless faces that they had when she murdered them would follow her even closer but hey at least they won't be asking for help anymore this is a fun made for television slasher that doesn't necessarily scream christmas even though it is set on christmas eve and the actual day it is interesting seeing a young sally field play chris the last thing i saw her in was a netflix movie called little evil starring adam scott and that was a steaming pile of dog vomit Give Home for the Holidays a watch if you are looking for a nice, light-hearted whodunit slasher. This movie is nice. Number four, Christmas Evil, nineteen eighty, directed by Lewis Jackson. A boy named Henry sees mommy getting felt up by Santa Claus. He grows up to be a complete Santa freak. All he wants to do is be Santa. He becomes Old Saint Nick and starts delivering presents to children. During his deliveries, he kills some adults. Which gets the police on his tail and prompts an angry mob to form he escapes the mob and the police by flying off a bridge in his van soaring into the moonlit sky harry is the killer i had to check this one out when i heard that john waters has said this is the greatest christmas movie ever made it's the first movie i've watched for the holidays that screamed american christmas i really enjoyed it the actor that plays harry brandon maggart is amazing he portrays the very unsettling character perfectly fun fact brandon maggart is singer fiona apple's dad this is a character driven film about a broken man that ends up going on a small rampage of murder and present delivery unlike the killers in most of the movies watched for this podcast harry seems a lot more real his character is fascinating the entire time he's on screen you can just feel that something is off about him and right up until his first kill you never really know when he's going to finally snap this movie is way more about harry's craziness than it is about crazy kills this movie only has four kills in it three happen together with one being a little later in the movie the last kill is probably my favorite since the murder weapon is even more ridiculous than a little toy guard that is used to stab an eyeball prior harry cuts a guy's throat with a star from the top of a christmas tree after failing to suffocate the man with a bag of presents it's incredibly surreal to watch harry dressed as santa kill a man with items that basically represent christmas regarding the present deliveries harry has been creepily spying on the neighborhood kids in order to see who's been naughty or nice he keeps detailed notes on what he sees in his naughty and nice books which show that harry has impeccable handwriting seriously his penmanship is beautiful The main kid that we focus on who ends up in the naughty book is Moss Garcia. This leads to a lot of funny scenes that have Henry running around yelling Moss Garcia over and over. There is some interesting cinematography in this movie at times. Like when Harry is a kid on the stairs watching his mom get felt up by Santa. But overall the way the movie was shot was pretty standard. Something that really stands out is the score. It's very unique and unnerving it fits the move of the film perfectly while heightening the haunting atmosphere one standout scene that is pretty ridiculous is a police lineup of santas the idea of a santa lineup is just insane that being said the police could have easily been cut out of the film they have no impact and are the weakest part the cop cars chasing him make sense but the time spent with the detectives is filled with bad acting and terrible dialogue that is completely unnecessary for the plot the ending is kind of strange since a van flying off into the moonlight is a little unrealistic my take on it is that the van flying away was part of harry's delusion this isn't your run-of-the-mill slasher it's a slow burn look into mental illness that kept me enthralled throughout i recommend checking this one out oh one more thing how did the angry mob get together with so many torches at the drop of a hat are they just always ready to mob that must be one unruly neighborhood this movie is nice number five silent night deadly night 1984 directed by charles e sellier jr a man dressed as santa goes on a killing spree which makes two boys into orphans one of the boys billy saw everything as santa killed his parents billy and his brother are then shown growing up in an orphanage run by nuns billy is unfairly treated and punished by the mother superior throughout his time there he then gets a job at a toy store he is a good worker but ends up snapping when he has made the store santa and sees something that reminds him of his mom's death he then goes on to punish a bunch of people by killing them for being naughty his punish spree is ended when he is shot and killed by a police officer right before he is able to kill the mother superior billy officer barnes and a criminal santa are the killers since i didn't hit on officer barnes in my summary he is a killer because he fills an old deaf pastor dressed as santa with lead he thought that poor father o'brien was billy come on officer barnes you killed the wrong santa in front of a group of kids and everything you monster this movie is similar to christmas evil we have two movies where kids see something in their past related to santa that haunts them then later on they snap and begin killing people while dressed as santa quick side note santa and satan are made up of the same letters coincidence anyway while christmas evil is more of a story of a man having a mental breakdown and killing a few people silent night deadly night is a straight up slasher billy kills way more people in a ton of different ways with lots of gore billy's first kill shows that he is incredibly jacked he hangs a guy by pulling him off the ground using only one arm and christmas lights the guy looks like he could have easily weighed 200 pounds that's some supernatural strength right there there are a bunch of unique kills in this movie but an axe is the primarily used weapon the gore in this is executed practically and well done for the most part it's not the most realistic but totally worked for this over-the-top slasher. The acting in this is pretty bad, especially when it comes to Billy. When 50% of his dialogue is the word punish, I can't really fault him for the hand-up delivery. Luckily, the bad acting only makes this movie funnier. One thing that I didn't like about this movie is the lack of comeuppance for the Mother Superior. She is a ruthless, evil character and the main catalyst for Billy going off the deep end. There are four sequels and Billy's brother Ricky is the new killer in the next two so it's entirely possible that ricky kills the mother superior since the first film ends with ricky looking at her and saying naughty i will definitely be checking out the sequel for the next episode i hear it has a ton of flashbacks to the original so i didn't want to watch it right after the first one if you've ever been to the alamo draft house you've probably seen a scene from the second movie there is a scene where ricky kills a dude in a movie theater after saying naughty that the draft house uses as an anti-talking psa the sequel also is the movie where garbage day comes from so i'm very excited to see that there was a ton of controversy surrounding the movie because the advertising had a murderous santa a lot of people complained that it was scaring the children which got the ads pulled it even got the movie taken out of theaters for a while this movie is incredibly dumb in the best possible way definitely give this one a watch to get into that good good holiday spirit it's got more horrible christmas songs than you can imagine this movie is nice number six new year's evil 1980 directed by emmett alston diane is hosting a musical call-in show on new year's eve her son shows up before the show but diane isn't really interested in what's going on with him once the show starts she receives a call from a man that wants to be called evil evil says he is going to kill someone every time the clock strikes midnight throughout all the u.s time zones evil follows through with his new year's resolution of upping his murder count he then shows up at the building where diane's show is taking place evil gets inside and it is revealed that he is richard diane's husband who was recently in a sanatorium he tries to kill her but his plan is foiled by the police which prompts him to jump off the roof killing himself the movie ends with their son driving away in an ambulance with diane in the back after it's revealed that he killed the driver richard and his son are the killers i wanted to get at least one new year's horror movie in before the next episode and this is it this movie reminded me heavily of the hitman video game series because our main character richard is like dana carvey you know the master of disguise his disguises include an orderly disco man priest police officer and tracksuit richard nixon richard aka evil is a lady killer in both senses for his first two kills he seduces two ladies then murders them his main motive is that his wife is mean to him just like all the other women in his life which is really stupid diane is trying to focus on her career and seems to also be the provider for the family but richard and their son are babies that need constant attention richard if you didn't think your wife was giving you enough attention, maybe a divorce would have been a good option since the beginning of the movie shows that you have no problem finding other ladies to murder, I mean hang out with. And hey, maybe if you keep trying, you'll find a girl who won't be mean to you. Probably not, but it seems like a better alternative from the outside. Most of the kills in this movie are off-screen. The only deaths you actually see are Richard's second victim who is suffocated with a plastic bag and richard himself when he jumps off the roof speaking of richard's death the way it is done is completely terrible he jumps off the roof you see him falling for about two seconds and then you get a nice cut to him just laying on the ground no sound effects or anything to emphasize him hitting the ground the gore isn't great but considering a switchblade was used for most of the kills it didn't really need to be good the only dead body that didn't make any sense was richard's dude jumps off a really tall building and just ends up face down with an arm around his back with a bloody hand everything to do with his death was bad his acting also takes a nosedive as soon as he reveals that he's the killer to diane it wasn't great before but oh man does it become horrendous after that reveal most of the other acting was good enough for what this movie is this movie leans on new year's eve to make it memorable since everything in the movie is pretty mediocre one thing that i liked was a scene where they are finding two girls bodies in a backyard one is propped up with a swing set and the other literally slides into frame down a slide i thought that was pretty great also the murder plan that richard has for diane is pretty unique he chains her to the bottom of an elevator and sends it to the top of the building to then have it crash down the plan is foiled but an original one one thing i had a pretty big gripe with is the son killing an ambulance driver and stealing the ambulance he is wearing his dad's nixon mask does this all with a huge crowd around him then chills in the driver's seat waiting for his mom to be loaded into the back how is it possible that no one saw any of this sure the events of him actually killing the guy are all off screen but still someone had to notice this weirdo in a mask sitting in the driver's seat at the very least You can clearly see that there are people around the ambulance that can easily see the driver. Diane is played by Ross Kelly from Happy Days. And this was cinematographer Thomas E. Ackerman's first big film. He went on to be the cinematographer for a ton of movies including Beetlejuice, Baby's Day Out, Jumanji, Rat Race, Anchorman, and many others. New Year's Evil is okay. I don't recommend it though. If you absolutely need a New Year's Eve horror film to watch, it works for that. I'm going to try to find something better before then for all you listeners. This movie is naughty. Number 7 Ash vs. Evil Dead, 2015 onwards. Developed by Sam Raimi, Ivan Raimi, and Tom Speciale. It has been 30 years since the events of the original Evil Dead movies. Ash Williams and his friends pablo and kelly are thrown into the roles of demon and deadite hunters to mostly clean up situations caused by ash's buffoonery many crazy twists and turns happen during their journey to save the world demons and deadites are the main killers ever since i saw the original evil dead way back when i was a fan of the franchise it's camptacular comedy and gross out splatter gore fill my heart with joy sam Raimi is one of my favorite directors due to his willingness to do fun and unique things with whatever he touches when i heard about this show i was excited to see how crazy deadite battles and ash's ridiculous antics would work in an episode format for the most part the show is absolutely amazing every episode has incredible practical effects and insane blood gushing kills i am honestly stunned by the amount of practical effects in this show since it is packed full of them every episode the amount of time it must have taken to make all of the dead bodies alone blows my mind this show has more love pumped into it than most modern horror blockbusters it is by far one of the funniest shows i've ever seen ash is a hilarious douchebag and the events that happen to him and the dialogue in this show put a smile on my face the entire time with last escaping my mouth far more than usual the acting overall is good enough i don't feel like the acting has ever been one of evil dead's strong suits given how campy and hammed up most of the delivery is i honestly don't think i'd want it to be seriously acted the comedy is heightened by the ham it's been quite some time since i've seen the first season which i definitely need to rewatch now that both seasons of the show are available on netflix it being on netflix finally allowed me to finish the second season so the second half of that season is a lot fresher in my mind there is an episode in the second season that has a felt puppet ash that is just incredible i love the humor i love the effects i love the basic premise of the show that being said the show has some huge issues when it comes to having an overarching plot which is really apparent during the finales the finales of both seasons are incredibly weak i remember finishing the first season with my friend and us both turning to each other saying that's it the second season's ending is also really weird and doesn't make much sense but hey they decided to throw time travel into the mix for the last two episodes if you can ignore some bad plot decisions and lackluster finales i promise that everything else in this show is an incredible ride through crazy deadite comedy splatter town definitely check this show out as soon as possible especially since it can be easily binged on netflix now wow so much red snow i hope that i was able to help all of you have a red christmas which i just found out is the name of a horror movie that was recently released Uh, maybe i'll check that out next episode as always a big shout out to sticker fridge for hosting the podcast on their website and itunes go check out their amazing content at stickerfridge.com, youtube and itunes they are going to be releasing the first episode of a planned series called Time Slice in the very near future. It's about pizza delivery and time travel. If you'd like to support the Sticker Fridge Network, head on over to stickerfridge.com. There is a special Amazon link on the homepage that kicks back a little something something when people use it to purchase things. I know that all of you use Amazon, anyways, so why not just be super cool and take an extra second to use the link? on the homepage to do your amazon shopping if you don't see the link turn off your ad block for uh, another second so maybe like two seconds to to do something really cool the next episode will be up on new year's eve since christmas will be over by then and it's a little short notice for more new year's eve movies if i watch anything that i think you need to know about before then in order to get festive i'll throw some clips on my facebook and instagram at bonesaw baker to let you know oh would you look at that i have a few more items on my naughty and nice list on the nice list we have gremlins obviously and black christmas the original which pioneered the slasher genre on the naughty list we have krampus since amazing practical effects don't make up for a terrible plot and awful characters that's it for this episode if you could leave a review on itunes allegedly that does something based on what i've heard from other podcasts i listen to But hey, I'm not going to force you to do it. And one other thing I want you to do and to make sure you do is stay frosty.